Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water, a closer look at agriculture in South Carolina and conversations between the current and future leaders of agriculture in the Palmetto State and experts from across America. Presented by the students of the South Carolina Governor's School for Agriculture and John De La Howe. From our campus in McCormick County, here's our moderator, Del Brockman. Welcome to this edition of Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water. I am Del Brockman, and today we are joined by the host of True South on the SEC Network and ESPN, a show that visits towns and cities across the South and spotlights the fine examples of Southern food culture found there. The fifth season of True South premieres this week. He has won four James Beard Awards, the highest honor in the American culinary world for his writing on Southern food. He is the founding director of the Southern Foodways Alliance at the University of Mississippi, which studies Southern food traditions. And he's a frequent contributor to Garden and Gun magazine and has written or edited more than a dozen books. My guest, John T. Edge. Mr. Edge, welcome to Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water. I'm so happy to be with you today. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. Uh, we are honored to have you on the show today. Um, I guess my first question, I'm going to get right into it. My first question is why, yeah. is, why is True South on the SEC network and not another food network or like Discovery Channel or anything? Yeah. I mean, we're right where we want to be. Um, you know, this is a show about the South. And sure, we use food as a way of getting to the subjects we want to address, but it's really not a, a food show. Like, I don't want it to land in the Food Network. I want to talk to Southerners. I want to talk to a broad swath of Southerners. I want to talk to people with different political beliefs, different social beliefs, um, people of different religions. Um, I don't want to just talk to food obsessives. I want to talk to people who are trying to figure out the South. And the SEC Network delivers us that audience, and I love it. So you're in it for the culture, not for the food, or is it both? I'm, I'm a little bit of both, but but I'm more interested in the people and their stories than I am um, how crunchy the fried chicken is. Um, I don't belong on the Food Network. Yeah. Um, so I, I watched a few of your shows, and – uh a big fan now. I enjoy Thank them. you. And, uh, but you visit all these different places and these different cultures. And what would you say would be your, your favorite one, your, your favorite city you visited? Oh, wow. Um, there's so many, I, I have to say the, the city that I keep thinking about, um, is Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, Shreveport was a part of our first season it was the final show of our first season. And uh, the show there revolves around two restaurants, um, one called Herbie K's. Um, that's an old Italian-owned joint down by what used to be the railroad tracks, now hard by um, a uh, concrete overpass. And then the second restaurant's called Lucky Palace, and it's right by the interstate. Um, across the river in Bossier City from from Shreveport, and you know they're both joints. They're 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 places that are unassuming. They're places that um, have kind of stood the test of time. And 
they're places that have faced down loss um, and endured. And I especially think about Lucky Palace in that way. The owner of that restaurant, Quan Lim, um, died just over a year ago. And when we made our show, um, Lim was fighting cancer. Um, and um, a year after we made our show, Lim lost his battle with cancer. Um, and I, um, you know, we make a food show. And I was attracted to that place, Lucky Palace in Bossier City, uh, because he he does, he's a, he did. Um, the restaurant's still open, but Lim has passed. Um, these amazing wok cooked T-bones with ginger and jalapeno, um, these great fried prawns and this lacy batter, um, duck cooked, um, roasted, slathered with hoisin sauce and rolled in little pancakes. It was great food with an amazing wine list, but that restaurant mattered more as a place to commune with limb this big hearted guy with this goofy snaggletooth grin, um, a Malaysian immigrant who found his place in Bossier city. And, um, if I could turn back time, that's the place I'd go. I'd go there, um, and sit with Lim at that table, um, in lucky palace and drink beautiful burgundies and, um, just, revel in his company. He's just an amazing guy. And I'd love to be back there right now. Oh yeah. So when you go to all these cities and these restaurants, you, you really do meet the culture and you, re- you meet the people and you make connections with them just by hearing that little spill on him. I can tell that you actually spent your time and you care about the communities you visit. I do. I mean, you know, the people we meet trust us to help tell their story. And that's a sacred trust. Like I feel so lucky to get to do this work, to get to make this show. Like I'm just a dude in an office at the university of Mississippi. I shouldn't have a television show. Like it's bonkers that I have a television show. And as long as I continue to remember that I'm going to be okay. Um, as long as I can, every time we set out to make a show, we can bring an honest humility to the making of that show and a love for the South um, to that show, um, we're going to be okay. And and we're going to learn something about people who are different from us, which is one of the things I set out to do. Um, we're going to show empathy and, and hopefully um, encourage empathy in others. And food's the way we get there, but the work... Um, hopefully is more than that. So thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, so an, a big thing right now is the farm to table saying in restaurants and cultures around the South. And what does that mean to you? What does the farm to table saying mean to you? I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's a catchphrase, right? Like it's something you hear, um, people using to describe, you know, they want to cook food that has its roots in the farm as opposed to, you know, roots in a industrial operation as opposed to roots in a, you know, a, um, a, uh, an industrial pork um, operation or industrial beef operation or um, something, some entity that produces food that we distrust. Um, 
But I think that term farm to table is kind of overused now. I, I, I wonder if what we're really trying to say is, um, you know, we want to, we want to cook and eat food. That's honest. Um, we want to cook and f- eat food um, from farmers. We trust. We want to, um, we want to be able to trace the food we eat back to the farm where it was grown. Um, and all those things are important to do. Um, but I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in, in farm to table connections, but I'm more interested in people to people connections. Um, does that make sense? Oh yeah. So I was thinking about it, and I, I do agree with you. It, it is a little overdone, and I, I like how you put it, is how it's important to eat real food. And like, it's not just the food, though. It's the connections you make. And it's not just a big old factory. Yeah. It's, it's like the connections you make, the small ones with the farmers, and you get to go the whole way through and understand what's actually going on. That's right. Um, you know, how do you get beyond language to to actually figure out what's going on? And, you know, you see, um, you know, fast food chains now marking their artisanal this and their um, farm to table that. And where does where does the truth lie? Well, I have another question for you. How did you like sure. get on the True South show? Like, how was that brought up? Um, so, um, our executive producer, Wright Thompson, um, and I live about eight blocks apart and, uh, we've been buddies for a while. Um, and we were having lunch one day at a place called Handy Andy. That's not far from my house, but even closer to Wright's. And we were eating cheeseburgers and, and French fries and talking about our want to make a television show. Um, our belief that, that maybe because I've been traveling the South for just about 30 years now as a writer and, and, and Wright's been doing it for around 20, um, that we had enough ego and maybe a little too much ego to say like, we could make a show. We could try to get this place right. Um, and we know enough good restaurants and we got enough connections. Like maybe we can pull it off. Um, so I came home from that lunch and wrote, out like a two page summary of what our show could be. Um, and then because Wright um, has, is a long time writer for ESPN, um, he had the connections to, to ask the question to could our flight of fancy um, work? And, um, and sure enough, they let us take a chance. They took a big chance on us because none of us had made a television show before. We taught ourselves how to make a television show while we were making it, the first episode in 2018. Um, so to make a short answer to your question, how did we get here? You know, we got lucky. Um, SEC Network took a chance on us, and we're greatly indebted to Greg Sankey and and the crew at the conference. Um, and Roz, um, Rosalind Durant, who as – president of the network at that point took a chance on us and said, maybe they can pull this off. Um, that's a heck of a thing to do to trust two goofy boys with something. So, um, you know, like give us the keys to a really fast car and think 
maybe they can drive it. Well, I, I know you are the host of True South, but I also see that you, uh, you've won multiple James Beard Awards, and you've written on Southern Food, you mm-hmm. help a magazine, Gardening Gun, and you even wrote a few books. So would you consider yourself a writer or more of a TV-like star? I, I don't consider myself any kind of star. Like, that's a, like, it's just, you know, I'm a writer who now gets to make a TV show. Um, and I'm a teacher who now gets to make a TV show. Um, the TV show is a natural outgrowth of all this stuff I've been doing for 20 plus years. Um, it's the same instincts. It's like, you know, where's the story lay within the larger landscape? Um, you know, what details add up to a narrative? Um, you know, it's learning to look, to pay attention, um, and find a story that other people miss. Like that's the gig. Um, and I feel like I'm a writer who now gets to make a TV show and I'm, and I'm thankful for that because it, you do reach a lot more people with the television shows, no doubt about it. Um, and, and I feel like I've begun a conversation now with a whole new kind of group of Southerners that I didn't know before. And, and I feel fortunate to be in that conversation. Well, a question on my mind is, you, you talk all this food talk and you eat all these at all these places, but can you cook? <laughs> um, I can. I'm not as good a cook as my wife. My wife is as good a cook as I know, um, you know, professional chefs included. Um, on um, this Tuesday, we'll have the new season of true South starts with a episode in hot Springs, Arkansas. And one of the places is a really amazing pizza place. And so Blair is making pizza for the, for our party. We'll like a little small party. We'll throw in Oxford to celebrate it. Um, so it's all to say like, she's the great cook in our family. Um, but I'm a pretty good cook. I made the last thing I made, I was really proud of. I made a, a chicken and sausage jambalaya that I, that I liked. Um, didn't turn out too bad. Um, you know, my wife slept in Saturday morning. I made um, a scrambled eggs with the onions. Like I poached the onions basically in butter and then folded it in um, eggs and cooked them really lightly um, and made breakfast tacos out of those with some Benton Allen's bacon. Um, and those are that's combining two shows. So the other restaurant in our hot springs episode is a place called the pancake shop that serves scrambled eggs with onions. And I loved them. And it's like, okay, I can try this at home. Um, and then last season we made an episode about Alan and Sharon Benton of Benton Smoky Mountain country hams up in Madisonville, Tennessee. So cooking that breakfast for my wife on Saturday morning, those, those soft scrambled eggs with onions that Alan Benton's bacon. And then we rolled them in um, tortillas, a, a friend of ours who was, Got him Dave Tell, who was in town visiting, brought some um, tortillas made with duck fat from uh, uh, from a place in Lawrence, Kansas, um, and it was great. But it, you know, it's not fancy cooking. It's ingredients, you know, it's ingredient centered cooking. Um, it's it's everyday cooking. I'm not a fancy cook, but I'm a pretty good cook. So in your uh, travels, uh, you seem to like pick up on these things and you seem to take them back 
like where you live and bring sort of the culture with you. You think that's important to go out of where you're from and get new experiences and new cultures involved with your own? I do. I mean, that's part of what restaurants offer us. You know, you cross the transom into a restaurant, you walk in the door of a restaurant, you enter a new world. Um, And that can be, you know, it could be, you know, I remember when I lived in Atlanta, I loved going to Ethiopian restaurants and I, I learned what injera was, the the thin spongy bread. And I learned what a watt was as a stew. Um, And I learned that, that, you know, that, okra and, and uh, black-eyed peas and other things that show up in the American South also show up in, in Ethiopian cooking. Um, so food has long expanded my horizons and expanded my knowledge base. Um, and I think it can do that for all if we open our eyes and, and open up our palate. Um, you know, our, our challenge as humans is to engage the world, you know, to to be open, to both open our hearts and our heads to humanity, to be empathetic, to be empathy machines. Um, and I think food is one way to, to start doing that. So if I'm not mistaken, doesn't your wife star in a show that's based in South Carolina? Um, no. <laughs> um Oh, oh, does my, you mean in our show, in our show. I yeah, thought you were saying show, like yeah. she's her own. No, 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 yeah, I meant your show. My bad. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, no. You asked the question well. I was just a goofball. I just missed it. Um, so, yeah, we made a um, we made a show um, ostensibly about my mother and the catfish stew my mother cooked. Um, and it's about, in many ways, my complicated relationship with my mother Um it's also about the way my wife has carried on some of my mother's cooking traditions via catfish stew um, that originated in Bowman, South Carolina, which is where my mother was born. And, and now she's buried. Um, And, you know, for, um, you know, kind of our family recipe, the one we serve for company, the one we serve for occasions um, is that catfish stew um, cooked by, her father, my grandfather, Jesse Clifton Evans Edge, um, the same person we named our son for. So that's, um, um, excuse me, that's our son's name, Jesse Clifton Evans Edge. My grandfather was Jesse Clifton Evans. Um, so it all starts with that catfish stew. And yes, Blair gets a good bit of screen time in that episode, that Bowman, South Carolina episode, um, cooking that catfish stew. Yeah. That show was a that that episode was a very emotional and a very personal one, and uh, it, it was great to see a, a more yeah. of a personal side to how that can make someone feel and just the culture as a whole. And how thank it, you for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was done. But another thing I have to say is I saw your your four James Beard awards. Can you kind of explain? Uh, to me, what that is, because I've, I've never heard of it before I started doing research. Sure, say, say that again. I missed you for a second. What did you say? Can you explain to me what the James Beard Awards are? Sure. So um, the James Beard Awards are, are a system of awards that goes out to people um, in the food world. Chefs, um, you know, uh, artisans. Uh, distillers um, and others who work in the world of food, there's a 
a particular track of the Beard Awards that focuses on journalism and on media makers. So I've won um, three James Beard Awards. And, you know, some people refer to them as the Oscars of the food world. I don't know if that's necessarily so. Um, But um, they have long signified kind of excellence in the world of food. And uh, so I'm happy to have won three for my journalism um, and three for my writing. And then another one is a, is a kind of lifetime achievement. Um, I think it's who's who award is what they call it. Um, So it's, it's, it's important when your peers honor you. um, That's an important signifier. Um, It matters. Um, And those matter, those awards um, mattered to me in that moment. Well, they seem to be pretty big awards. Um, how, why is music such a big part of True South? Well, if you think about um, products of the South that tell a story of the South, um, food and music are two of our greatest exports, the things we make here and then sell to the world, broadcast to the world. Um, music like food tells a story of where we come from, who we are, where we're going. Um, you know, and you think about the exports that the South has sent out in the world, blues from the Mississippi Delta, um, gospel, uh, jazz, um, bluegrass from Kentucky, like all these different American art forms originated in the American South and, and are now global phenomena, just like our food. So if you want to tell a story of the South, lean into those exports, you lean into those things we do well. And I'd argue that our greatest products and and exports are food and music, literature too. Um, And then we got some exports that I'm less proud of, but you know. uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So can you tell me a little bit about uh, your books? I, I, I saw your apple pie and your fried chicken books. And I was, I was kind of wondering about those. Yeah, so I, I, um, those books, I wrote a quartet, a series of four books about iconic American foods. And um, the first one was on hamburgers, um, second one on fried chicken, or maybe the first one was fried. I think the first one was fried chicken. Um, then it was apple pie. Then it was hamburgers. Then it was donuts. Um, <laughs> um, the basic four food groups. Um yeah. But in in the same way, like I see those foods as kind of totems of identity. They say who we are as Americans, and they vary greatly as you travel across the South and across the nation. So, for that series of books, I traveled all across. I went to Hawaii for donuts, uh, Seattle for fried chicken, New York State for fried chicken, um, Boston for donuts. Uh, Massachusetts for apple pies, travel the whole country looking at the foods that define us um, and what we cook, why we cook them, what are the stories of those dishes, what are the stories of the people who created them. Um, that I wrote that series. It's been more than 20 years. So those started coming out in, I think, 2001, 2002, so 20-plus years ago. Um, you dug deep into the history vault there. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go give this a read. But you were also you. a uh, a professor at a, I think the University of 
Ole Miss, Ole Miss maybe? Yeah, so I teach at the University of Georgia and the University of Mississippi. Um, so how do your uh, students react that you have your own TV show on ESPN? I, I don't – I mean, my students – I wouldn't say they don't care because they do, but it's not a big part of our everyday interaction. You know, we're in a classroom – talking about how to get better at writing and uh, I'm editing their papers and offering them insights. Um, I don't, you know, I've got a class now and teaching in the, in the writing and rhetoric department here at the university of Mississippi. And I don't know if my eight students who are in that class, I don't know how many of them have actually seen the show. Um, They don't need to like, I'm, it's another part of my brain, another part of my life in which I teach, I make media. Um, I do think that it is important for somebody who teaches to continue to be a creator, a maker in the field in which they teach. So, um, you know, the work I do making that TV show, the work I do writing a column for Garden of Gun or writing a book um, certainly is translatable in the classroom. It's just not primary in the classroom. Well, do you think the uh, agriculture in the South is the future of the South? I think it is one future, yes. I mean, you know, we're always going to need to feed ourselves. Um, And um, some kind of fusion of technological advances and a kind of renewed – commitment to stewardship of the land. Those two things in complement can spell a better future for us. Um, But in my opinion, it's not solely a return to the land, a return to the ways of our grandparents or great-grandparents, or solely a focus on technological innovation, but some fusion of those two that looks like our future for agriculture. Do you do you like to hang out with farmers and like when you're on the show? Do you hang out with people that grow the food? We do. I mean, I can think back about our um, Hodgenville, Kentucky episode, wherein um, we gathered in a in a barn and talked to farmers from that area about the changing crops in that area. You know, at one point that was a big tobacco growing region. Before that, they were growing hemp. Um, now they're growing corn and making whiskey. And and more recently, um, cannabis is becoming a, another crop in that area of Kentucky. So, yeah, agriculture is always, um, always there for us. I think we it becomes more a focal point when we're in small towns um, where farms at close, are close at hand. Well... I appreciate you being on this show, and, I, and I'm honored to be able to talk to you about this. And thank you for turn, tuning into this episode of Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water. I am Del Brotman, and please join us next week for another conversation about agriculture here at the Governor's School for Agriculture at John De La Howe. Thank you. Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water, a closer look at agriculture in South Carolina and conversations between the current and future leaders of agriculture in the Palmetto State and experts from across America. 
presented by the students of the South Carolina Governor's School for Agriculture at John De La Howe. For more information on the South Carolina Governor's School for Agriculture, visit our website at delahowe.sc.gov.